just wanted to uh, encourage you to keep reading through Genesis. What I'm going to do is a little different today. I know it's always different, but we're going to, uh, I'm going to give you all these points first, and, and then uh, as we go through them, then we're going to read the scripture after and see what's happening. Because I really want you to always walk away with something that you can add to your life this week or for the rest of your life. If it's not practical, it's just not, it's just not helpful to you. If it's something you can't look at in your own life, it's just not helpful to you. And so we're going to look at the Tower of Babel, which I could spend uh, 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 three weeks on easy, and then we're going to look, on, look at uh, uh, how God began to set this whole thing up with Abram and who eventually was Abraham. And so I'm going to give you these points first. First of all, here's what we're going to see. We're going to see that direction comes from God. That's all it is. Uh, Our direction ought to come from the Lord. It ought not come from somewhere else. Uh, God never asked the people of, 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 uh, uh, to build a tower. They ne- he never said, hey, listen, let's get all you people together so you can conquer the world and nobody can overcome you. That was not, that was not his direction. God has given us direction. And when he says, forgive, we forgive. When he said, be kind, we're going to be kind. When he says that we should hold no record of wrong, we don't hold a record of wrong. Those directions come from God. So you're going to know that direction always comes from God. Secondly, obstacles can come from anywhere. There's always going to be obstacles. You'll never get rid of the obstacles in your life. Okay? And some of those obstacles will be there forever, but you'll learn to adapt and change. And, but also, to go back to the first one, direction is going to come from God about those obstacles. Now, here are the three main obstacles that we deal with. And this is just what I believe. First of all, simply living life. We don't control storms. We don't control death. We don't control job change, job loss. There are just things, accidents that happen that become obstacles for us. And then the next two are what come out of those living life, things that you don't control. And those are our behavior. Because of an obstacle that we're hitting, we have, then an obstacle becomes our behavior based on that obstacle right? So it's attitude. Sometimes we may have a bad attitude about our job. Sometimes we may have a bad attitude about the boss that we work for. Sometimes we may have an unforgiving attitude. What happens is our behavior is an obstacle. Our identity issues. Some of us still struggle with our self-identity. Some of us really believe what we do is who we are. I am a pastor. That is not my identity. Okay, whatever it is you do, if you're a police officer, if you're a nurse, if you're a coach, if you're a, whatever it is, if you work at a plant, that is not your identity. That's what you do. My identity is that I am a child of God, period. And he has things for my life. And now that I understand that, I don't have the obstacle of basing my whole life on my job, right? Or how people respond to me. I base my life that I'm a child of God. He loves me, has a purpose. Until he calls me away or he calls me to new work, I'm going to live my life for him. But it becomes an obstacle when we have pride, anger, uh, discontentment, an unthankful spirit. So any of these things that happen to our life are obstacles we can't control, and then our behavior become obstacles. We become bitter people. We become angry people. We become rude people. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know, I know, I'm being honest with you. Here I am, I'm, I'm young, I know I'm 55, but I've met some people in their 70s, 80s, and you go, Pat, you don't, you don't know what it's like to be 70 or 80. I go, well, you don't either. But I hope that I don't become this bitter, negative, always looking for the flaws. Pray your way out of that. It's so easy, because what happens is, because we're getting older and our bodies change, that becomes an obstacle and our behavior comes out of it as we get older. Are you all with me? 
And we become negative and we think, oh, no. And so I tell you, hey, no, that's an obstacle. I mean, I like those folks, and we have them here, you know, that just love life, you know. I asked Mr. James this morning, I said, Mr. James, how you feeling? You know, walking in in your walker. And he goes, I could take you. And I'm going, yeah, baby. I, that's what I'm, that's right. And he could probably because I don't have a walker to hit people with. So, um, but that's good. I love that spirit in us because it becomes an obstacle. And then the others behave, other behaviors, that's an obstacle. And you're going to see this in these very quickly. I'm going to read very quickly today. But others' behavior, other, you can't, it's an obstacle to the way other people behave on, on what's going on in their lives. And they behave different ways. And that causes you to be angry or to be bitter. And so you just got to be very cautious of these things. So direction comes from God. Obstacles uh, can, can come from anywhere, but obedience comes from me. That's all God wants is your obedience. That's all he asked for. Here's everything in the garden. It's all yours. Don't touch that tree. All he wanted is your obedience. I got direction. Thank you. There's an obstacle. Yes, it doesn't matter what the obstacle is. It's my desire to touch that tree. And oh, there's another obstacle. He's, he's coming up and he's wanting to tell me what to do. And you got to overcome those obstacles and just be obedient, right? Cain killed Abel. The obstacle was pride and the obstacle was anger. The obstacle was you didn't bring a right uh, uh, sacrifice to me. You, you didn't do what I asked you to do. So we have this word that we have that tells us how to live. That's why in the fall, I hope to do a study just on the fruits of the Spirit, to do a study on the ingredients of love, just for us to remember the basic things of how he's asked us to live. He's given us direction, right? And so we have this obedience. And then I put this, added this in, because now that Christ has come, remember, it's all about uh, this promise that God says, hey, I'm going to give this seed, and this seed is going to go through, throughout, and it's going to help all of, us, all of us when it comes to eternity, and it's going to help all of us as we deal with life. And that's the seed that eventually uh, came to understand. We know that that was Christ, and he died on a cross for us. And he was buried, right? And he rose again so that we could have hope on this life, we could have hope in the life to come. And I have to remain in Christ. I have to remain have to abide, have to stay with what that is. So are you ready for the scripture? I'm reading out of the, uh, uh, the ESV here. And there are always Bibles in the back if you need to borrow one and use it. And then also if you need to take one, do that. That's what they're for, okay? Here we go. It says, now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated uh, from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shiner and settled there. That's not Shiner Bach. That's just Shiner. It says, and they said to one another... Come, let us make bricks. Everything began to be personal. Come, let us make bricks. Let's make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And, and they had brick for stone and, and bitumen for mortar, which was tar, bitumen. It says, then they said, come, let us build ourselves. I'm yelling that because they said, listen, we got to do something that God didn't ask us to do. Let us make, let us build, look, and, uh, with a top to the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. That's not what God wanted. That's not what he wanted. He, he did not want them to make a name for themselves, right? He wanted them to make a name for who? Him. He said, no, I don't need you to build a tower for me. I don't need you to do this. We can't have you pretty much thinking that you can rule the world. Let me tell you something. It, there, until Christ comes back and we have the new heaven and the new earth, all nations will be how they are. We have to accept that truth. We, we have to say, here's Christ. If you want this, it's your choice. There will never be a day, as long as we live, until Christ comes and receives us back, there will never be a day 
that somebody who's a Bible-believing, Jesus Christ-only Savior, they may be nice, they may accept, but there will never be that we can all be together with somebody else that reads the Koran. It doesn't doesn't mix, right? For those who they believe that, okay, uh, I need to take over everything in our area and all these different tribes so that we can cleanse this area and it's just going to be us. It's not going to happen. There's never going to be a day where we all get together and we have this, uh, this list of Buddha uh, of writings that we have together. We're all going to come together and say we're all one. Let me just help you understand something. It will not happen. We can be nice to one another. We can help one another. We are trying to teach people about Jesus Christ. And for me to lapse into the, what Buddha says and for me to lapse and say, yeah, I believe that about the Koran, is for me to lapse and not be obedient to Christ and him crucified. It doesn't mean we we can't be nice together. It doesn't mean that we can't accept one another. It doesn't mean that we can love one another. But it is diametrically opposed what we believe in other religions. Are y'all with me? And we live if we think that it's going to happen. When people go, "Wow, look how many people we got in the room today!" All these people who are praying. Well, if you have somebody who's a Muslim, and you have somebody who's who's an Eastern religion, you have somebody who's from some tribe that they believe who their God is, and we all get together. I want to tell you, it's not commonality. Because I do not pray to Allah, and I do not pray to Buddha, and I do not pray to any Eastern God. I pray to Jehovah God. And that's, you're going, people go, boy, that's so dogmatic. But listen, we have to believe and trust in and be obedient that it's not going to happen. That's what God says. And then he said, man, I'm going to take these different languages and I'm going to take these different nations because you think you can overtake me. And God's going, I don't, you can't do that. You can't. All you'll be doing, watch this, is battling one another as you're doing now. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. So we have to be very careful that we, we walk in there and go, oh, we're on the same journey. We're not. Uh, lest we be dispersed over the face of the earth. Here we go. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower and the night. God said, well, let me go down there and see what they're doing. Oh, this. Which the children of man had, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have all one language. And this is the only beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they purpose to do will now be impossible to them. They will actually believe that they are advanced, more advanced than me. And we are not, we have never been, and we will never be more advanced than God our Father, ever. Look, it says, uh, come, let us go down. That's, remember, that's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the us in the Old Testament. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. You say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. God's not the author of confusion. No, here's what this word means. It means to mingle. Let's mix them up. Let's confound them. Let's help them understand you're not going to be able to communicate clearly because I don't need you thinking that you can build a tower to get to me, and I don't need you thinking that you rule this earth because this is my earth. I built it. I made it. I made it for my glory. I made it for my purposes, and man has messed it up. But I love my creation, man, and I'm going to plant this seed, and you're not going to destroy that seed by thinking you can take over. Look at this. It says, so the Lord dispersed them from their, over the face of the earth, and they left off building the city. They just pretty much left it. And it says, therefore, its name was called Babel. Um, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. 
Uh, and that word Babel really is, comes what we understand it as. It's Babylon. It's the capital city. It's where many problems were rooted out of Babylon. You know what I'm talking about? And the Babylonians, it's the Babylonians who, who conquered Jerusalem and took it over and made the Jews their slaves. All this was based out of there. Now, Genesis 11, 10 through 32, they're vitally important, but I want you to remember, because we're going quickly, it's the genealogy of what's going on. They're very important. It's going to help you bring you to the point that we're about to read, which is where Abraham is began, or Abram, he's not Abraham yet, but Abram is, uh, began, we begin to learn about him. So we're going to go to Genesis 12, 1. Now, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. There it is. He's sitting there going, listen, I'm going to make you a great nation. Here's the seed that's going to lead to how we understand who Christ is. He said, I'm going to do this through you. And I'll bless you, and I'll make your name great. But I'm going to make your name great for one reason. Why? So that you will be a blessing. All right? You'll be a blessing. I'm not making it for you, but you'll be a blessing to others. Now, that word blessing in the Hebrew, it means you'll be a benefit to others. You'll be a generous gift in how you live and what you teach to others. You'll be at peace even in the midst of things that are going. You're going to be a blessing. That's what that Hebrew word means. And so when we look at this and he says you're going to be a blessing, he was saying it's not that I'm going to give the land for you to make your name great. I'm making your name great so that you'll be a benefit to the world that will eventually lead to Christ dying for everybody. I'm making you a benefit so that you can understand what faith is, right? And one day they'll write about you in Hebrews chapter 11 and say, these are the great men of faith. I'm making you a blessing. Guys, it's just like for me. And as long as I'm here, hopefully, and, and I'm not planning on going to be here, one day when I leave, please, I don't want a picture of me. I don't put my name out on the front because this is not my church. Not that other churches do that that are wrong. I just, that's why it's not there. This is not about me. This is not about me. This church has nothing to do with me, but it has everything to do with the body of Christ and that uh, Christ died for all of us and he died for me. I just happen to be leading it. Y'all with me? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't want to build shrines after people. I don't want buildings built after people. This is the Lord's work, not our work. I want him to bless us. Why? So we can be a benefit to our community. So we can be peace in our community. We can be a blessing. And that's why it's so important to me that we stay that well. He says, I'll bless those who bless you, bless him, and, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. That means he'll fight our battles. Uh, and, and you, all the families of the earth, shall be blessed. And so Abram went as the Lord had told him. See what he did? He got direction. And what happened? Obedience came from him, but we're about to see obstacles. Uh, and he said, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed. 75 stinking years old. That's good. That, that gives me hope, because here I am. I'm 55, and I'm thinking, man, when I'm 75, I'd love that God gave me a new vision. You know, God gave me this new. I just, I just, I just want to be that 75-year-old that, you know, Moves forward. Don't you? Yeah, that positive person that moves forward. It says this, uh, And Abram took Sarah's wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had together and the people that had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. And when they came to the land of Canaan, this is this, they stopped and Abram passed through the land to, pl- to a place at Shechem to the Oak of Moor. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, You see this? To your offspring. I'll give this land. Oh, God. I don't know. 
I don't know. Look at it. And he goes, listen, so he, he didn't do that. He said, so he built there an altar to the Lord that appeared. He said, okay, I'm going to build this altar. You've made this problem, promise. Let's go for it. And from there he moved to the hill country on the on east to Bethel and pitched his tent and with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built another altar to the Lord and he called upon the name of the Lord. So he called upon the Lord. And the word Bethel means house of God. Anytime you see the word Bethel, that's what it means, house of God. You see Bethel, whatever, fellowship, house of God. That's what this means. It says, and Abram journeyed on, still going forward to the Negev. Now there was a famine in the land. There's the obstacle. See the obstacle? There's a famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn. He made a journey down there, for the famine was severe in the land. And when he, when he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah. Now, he stopped Sarah. He says, listen, we're about to go into Egypt, and here's the thing. I know that you are a woman beautiful in appearance, and when, the, and, and when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is my wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. It was just the way that it worked. Man, if we can kill the leader... That means we kill the leader. See the nation thing? If you kill that person, it becomes yours. Everything about it. When it said she was beautiful, back then it wasn't, they wore, they wore clothes. The only thing the woman would reveal was her eyes, and apparently her eyes were absolutely beautiful. And he said, listen, you're going to have to tell about your sister. Obstacle. Yeah. He left the direction of God. Right? God never asked him to do that. But he feared for it. He feared for it. And it says, uh, uh, it says, say you are my sister. Oh, man. Listen, just tell me you're my sister, that it may go well with me because of you, and that my life may be spared for your sake. So, obstacles. Look at this. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. And when the, prince of, the princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. Man, look how beautiful he is. she is. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And for her sake, he dealt well with Abram. He said, listen, thank you for letting me have your sister. All right? Here's some oxen. Here's some sheep. We're going to take care of you. Here's some donkeys, male servants, female donkeys, camels. Listen, but the Lord afflicted Pharaoh. The Lord said, this was not my plan. Why did you give your wife away? Because he didn't want to die. You know, he, he didn't want to die. He wanted to live on. Or could it be he was thinking, well, God told me to give me this, and God made this promise to me, so I guess this is what I have to do to make it happen. And God said, no, all you have to do is do what I ask you to do. The famine led you here, but I had it under control. We do that in our own lives, don't we? We fear. Fear caused this problem. It's the obstacle of fear. What's your obstacle? Is it anxiety? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it the unknown? What's your obstacle? That would stop you from taking direction from God. Think about it. There's going to be obstacles in our way. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her for my wife? You see, that's what happened. He took her for his wife, and now God goes, that's not what I want. And now then, here's your wife. Take her and go. So this woman was used, right? But you got to remember... They're in their 70s. She still has not had a child. She probably still felt kind of useless because she couldn't bear any children. Watch this. It says, And Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. And that's what I want you to walk away with today. This. I want you to know that obstacles are going to come your way this week. Obstacles are going to come your way. What are your obstacles? Is there a relationship with somebody? 
It doesn't matter what the obstacle is. It doesn't matter because it doesn't change how much God loves you and how much he wants you to do his will wherever you are. Are you with me? People are obstacles. People make plans. That becomes an obstacle. Your, your mind is an obstacle. You know, you talk yourself out of stuff. But how you handle those obstacles, listen, you cannot stop taking the direction from God. So when he says to live a certain way, you know what you do? You live a certain way. When he says to stand up in the midst of something that you're uncomfortable with, then stand up. When he says stay faithful, you stay faithful. I don't know what you're going to face, but I'll tell you this. Uh, uh, Anything that's bad, it's a good chance God didn't do it to you. You may have done it to yourself, or you reacted and responded in a way that did not mix with the will of God. Some things we actually do, our, do to ourselves. Y'all realize, y'all realize that? People say, I don't know how. Listen, when I counsel people, go, I don't know how I got here. And I, you know what I do with that? And I say, well, let's back up and see how you got here. And I guarantee you, every time, we back them up and say, wow, that's when that did it. I got myself here. Yeah, you did. Based on your obstacles and based on your behavior. Based on other people's behavior around you. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. Some of you are still in that obstacle, and you need to get out of the way. So that's what I want you to do, that there's direction that comes from God. There's obstacles can come from anywhere. Obedience has to come from me, and remaining in Christ is vital. And that's your door. You ever heard that? Yeah, I've heard it for years. That, that Even they wrote a song about it, and it says, uh, you know, when God closes a door, what do you look for? A window. I know they meant well, but I'm not climbing out of a stinking window. God wants me to go through the door. That window, that's a great thought. But when you're crawling out a window and people look at you, they're thinking, are they breaking in? They don't know what they're doing. Did they lock themselves out? Man, I don't want to go through a window. I want God to show me the door so that people know he's going in, he's coming out. It's normal. This is what we're supposed to do. I don't want to climb through a window. I want, God, I want to know that God will show me the door. Uh, he can show us the door. Uh, just happened to spell out that. Only if I am consistently direct, uh, getting direction from God, understand that there are obstacles, right? And we keep walking the way God wants us to do.